The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like financial literacy. That is why so many people listen to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. Lionel is a seasoned veteran in the finance industry, but more importantly, Lionel cares about people. He shares his vast knowledge of the finance world in a personal way that goes beyond dollars and cents with advice that makes sense. So let Lionel help you get your finances in order or avoid costly errors in judgment that may be devastating to you and your family. Listen to the Lionel Shipman Check Your Finances show every Tuesday exclusively on the CWR Talk Network at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central. And hello and welcome to the Lionel Shipman Shave Your Finances show here on the CWR Talk Network. And I am your host, Lionel Shipman. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I want to give a huge shout out to all of my regular listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in and continually to tune in uh, show after show. I mean, you've been here. Now we are celebrating three years officially. So thank you so much for tuning and following and sharing the show. And for all of my new listeners that are joining tonight, thank you so much for tuning in, and hopefully you will become a regular listener uh, going forward. And ultimately, want to thank God for another day to make a positive difference in the lives of other people. Okay, we have another great show uh, tonight. Uh, My guest and I, we will be talking about financial trauma and managing your emotions around that. So stay tuned for that particular segment. And if you have any questions and or comments uh, for tonight, you can call in at 917-889-8078. Again, the number is 917-889-8078. You can call in with your questions and or your comments. I want to hit on something before uh, we move forward. You know, I always have to have something that, uh, that that's on my mind and on my heart. Uh, COVID-19 is definitely on my heart uh, tonight. Uh, first of all, I want to say uh, a special thanks to all of our first responders, medical professions, uh, professionals, staff, uh, all of you who are taking care of all of us. Thank you so much for your time and uh, investing in our lives in that manner. But I want to talk to all of us, especially here in the USA. Uh, We, as individuals, we have to do our part. Uh, I found out today that a good friend of mine, uh, her kid, who is in college, has uh, contracted the virus, and uh, her kid is having a rough time right now. So it continues to hit home uh, with me. Now, I know and understand that we have received some mixed messages from time to time, but one thing for sure, as of to date, we have lost over 200,000 lives here in the U.S. And of those two, as I mentioned, uh, you probably heard me in a a past show, uh, we have personally lost two family members in our lives. So I want to encourage all of us, wear your mask when you're out and about not only for yourselves, but you're doing it for others that are around you. Avoid large gatherings. 
And if you do have to be into it, you know, some type of gathering, make sure you keep your mask on and take the necessary precaution. And I also want to speak to all of my college students because I have two uh, kids in college, both of my girls. You've heard me talk about them here on the show. Uh, they're both in college now. Make sure that you are following the rules, the guidelines. As I said before, uh, we're going to get past this, but it's going to take all of us working together to get past this, and we will get back to some type of normalcy uh, going forward. So we will be able to come back and be able to enjoy ourselves. And because I told you, I'm missing a cruise right now. I missed two cruises this year because of COVID-19. So I am looking forward in the days and the months and the years to come to be able to get back on a cruise and be able to enjoy life as we once had. So make sure that we're following rules and doing what we can to, uh, to curb this, uh, this virus. So, uh, if you didn't know, you can listen to all of my past shows on demand. Uh, you can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. But you can also go to my website at shipmanconsulting.com, click on the radio show banner, and it will take you over to a page that I've dedicated to the show. And you can see the full gallery of all of the guests that I've had here on the show as well as the listing of different topics that I have addressed uh, in what I call my solo show. So def- definitely you can listen to us at any time on various platforms. Uh, so make sure you check us out uh, going forward. Now tonight, let's kind of move forward straight into our segment. Uh, tonight, uh, my guest is a financial educator, a trained life coach, and a certified trauma integration practitioner. Before merging her passions together, she spent 12 years working in the financial industry. She helps clients heal the root causes of their financial issues and learn how to confidently manage saving, spending, debt, and investing. Her mission is to help women everywhere take full ownership of their financial situation instead of feeling powerless over them. Let's welcome to the show tonight, Ms. Danielle Alexandria. Hello, Danielle. How are you tonight? Hi, Lionel. I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? I am doing absolutely wonderful. Uh, I didn't have a burger tonight. I had, uh, <laughs> <laughs> thought I'd catch you off guard before you asked me that did I have another <laughs> burger. But I uh, had something different tonight. So, But uh, how are things with you? I'm doing pretty well up here, and I also just want to recognize your your beautiful sentiments that you expressed, and I think that, you know, you can really feel you're, you're a man who lives from his heart and who has genuine empathy for others, so I want to really thank you for your message. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean it well. Mm-hmm. Now, so let's jump into this topic uh, while I have you here, a very important topic, uh, talking about financial trauma, and I have, to me, listeners, I have... Uh, one of the best that can talk on this subject tonight. So we're in for a treat. <laughs> so I always advise people, uh, make sure you get a pad, get a pencil, get a pen, and begin to take notes as we give out uh, great nuggets of information tonight. So now, Danielle, we, we have talked a couple of times offline about money and finance and uh, financial trauma, the emotions around trauma, and how people can overcome it. So I know just based upon this subject tonight that it's going to be impossible 
for us to cover everything in a in a roughly a 40 to 45 minute segment, but we're going to try to do our best tonight. So we will. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Well, let's get started. I want to kind of start off. Uh, uh, this is kind of a broad uh, question or uh, request, but if you can kind of define uh, when we say financial trauma, if you can kind of define that for our listeners tonight, so that'll kind of open up the floor. Sure. Well, it's really the combination of two things. So trauma associated with money. So maybe let's define trauma first. So trauma is the experience of feeling unsafe. It's essentially a threat to our physical survival. So many of us think trauma is big things like war or terrorism, which it absolutely is. But it's also any smaller experiences that threaten your sense of safety. So it could be emotional as well. So when we feel unsafe, our bodies automatically release stress hormones to prepare us for fight or flight so that we can return to safety again. So trauma is very much a physical experience first. And then what happens is our minds come in afterwards with a story to explain why it happened to us. And we can easily get caught looping in our stories and we don't actually heal the underlying trauma, which initially was physical. So in my experience, there are really two kinds of financial trauma. First, I would say is direct trauma, where it's become unsafe to have money itself because of direct negative experiences. So, for example, things like financial loss, bankruptcy, or possibly financial abuse by another person in some way. And then I would say that there's indirect financial trauma. So because money is linked with our sense of power, our self-worth, security, visibility, and really our core identity, if we have wounds in these areas, and most of us do, our subconscious can block money from coming into our lives because it doesn't match our identity or feel safe. Hmm. That's a a great way to open up there. You said a (laughs) mouthful. I mean... From yeah. the, direct, <laughs> the direct part. I, and by the way, uh, I'm very good with taking notes. So if you if you hear hear uh, just a little bit of silence, I'm actually taking notes myself because this is definitely educational uh, for me as well. But okay, uh, how can I dissect this? Okay, when you said direct, meaning unsafe mm-hmm. to have money, and then you said the indirect deals with yeah. the subconscious. Uh, so, so right now, I know with all this going on uh, with COVID-19, with people losing their jobs and things like that, uh, even down to loss of their medical insurance, that would be more associated with, I would say, a direct. Yeah, uh, that would be direct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just to get some clarity yeah. there. Okay. And actually, just to clarify something you said, so both kinds of trauma are associated with the subconscious. It's just that indirect tends to be um, things like our sense of self, like where we have either a sense of power or empowerment or where we feel disempowered because money has this energy of, you know, power. So that's the indirect link versus the direct link is like something happened traumatically with money itself to you or to somebody important to you. Okay. Perfect. Okay, great. Thank you for uh, sure. clarifying, further clarifying uh, the difference there. So, so um, 
what, what kinds of events then or experiences uh, that can call, what causes financial trauma? Yeah, sure. So really, our childhoods heavily influence our experience of money. So if growing up, you watched a family member lose a lot of money, it might feel unsafe for you to earn it, to keep it, or even to grow money as an adult. Or let's say your family struggled with poverty. So then your subconscious might identify with the label that I'm poor, which is the opposite to wealthy. And then that doesn't match your self-identity because you can't be both to your ego mind. You're either poor or you're wealthy. Or let's say even you worked on that wound, right? And, you know, you, you kind of overcame that. But if becoming really successful would emotionally threaten your family and their identity, then that can feel very unsafe because biologically, you, what you're actually doing is challenging tribal loyalty and to do so would have meant death like a long, long time ago. And these patterns are like in our DNA. So this is all subconscious, but these are the kinds of drives that are actually going on. Um, I've also seen ancestral patterns be passed down in families. So for example, where ancestors were in poverty or struggle, and then this becomes the spoken or unspoken family dynamic. Or let's say if you're a particularly sensitive person, you might be holding success from yourself because you just don't feel right enjoying life when you knew that your ancestors were suffering. So then you carry this sort of unconscious agreement to stay small. And because, again, money is about power and self-worth, then the money is not going to flow into your experience. So essentially, your subconscious has seen bad experiences happen to those close to you. And so your programming becomes one of fear that either the same thing or something bad is going to happen to you. Wow. So it's so those childhood experiences uh, that I know sometimes people uh, as, as a grown up, they think that well, it really didn't affect me, but it actually, yeah. it does affect me. I it mean, really does. Yeah. 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 I mean, Cause I mean, just thinking about if a family, if you grew up poor, if you grew up uh, struggling to make ends meet, you were moving often or your lights and utilities were turned off. And, you know, creditors mm-hmm. constantly call the house. Right. And these things, they stick with you. You know, when you become an adult, sometimes you assimilate to those things that you grew up with. Mm-hmm. And that, that explains a whole lot right there. You've kind of. Yeah. 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 And so the reason is like um, our nervous system when we're born is like a blank slate. And so it gets conditioned with experiences. And then that's what becomes familiar to you and to your nervous system. And so that's actually a form of safety because it's known. Like we're afraid of the unknown, which also explains why there's a lot of fear and anxiety right now going on with what's going on in the world. So you're going to naturally gravitate to reproduce conditions that feel familiar to you, even if they were really challenging, because that provides a sense of at least you know what's happening. You know how to function in that environment. Wow. Okay. Wow. Well, I, well, good. 
I'm I actually would like to say one other thing, if I can, because I'm making yeah. it sound like you're doomed if, you know, you grew up with this kind of trauma. And um, we'll, I, we'll get into that a little bit later. But I also want to yeah. say that some people did grow up with quite extensive trauma, but actually they're able to turn it around and use it as this fuel and they become like super successful so, you know, you can, you can look up stories of, you know, for a lot of entrepreneurs have the, like a rags to riches story. So we tend to respond in one of two ways. Either we reproduce it or we decide this, this is my, my fuel to become what I'm really here to do. So some people are able to, to actually do that. Well, I, I, and I add to this, this is one of the reasons why I have my show, uh, to provide education uh, in the area of financial management. Uh, money management, to teach us how to utilize money more effectively, more responsibly. Mm-hmm. And if you were, uh, I, always look, I always say, you can start out the race, you know, we all have a different starting place, but yeah. that it doesn't have to end that way. We can yeah. always take those opportunities to change. Uh, every day, I believe that we wake up in the morning and we are able to experience another day that's another opportunity to change our lives, and especially yeah. regarding our financial mindset and our financial ways. So, so yeah, I, I, I'm with you. This is not doom and gloom. It's only no. addressing <laughs> uh, what what may, what you know what may be going on in our lives, but we can overcome. And we're going to talk about some of the ways of being able to overcome uh, a little bit later here. So, no, no, I, I thank you for bringing that out. It, that's kind of eye opening because it it explains, and especially being a financial educator, it helps me uh, more to be able to help the person that I'm working with, knowing that they may have had these experiences growing up. So, right, so th- absolutely. This is, this is yeah. yeah, yeah. This is enlightening. Mm-hmm. Now, how how might trauma uh, show up in our relationships and our behaviors with money? Mm. So. Really, safety is the most significant drive for humans, even over love, because if you're not here, if you don't survive, you're not going to have the opportunity to love. So if you've had experiences that have been traumatic, it becomes safer possibly to not have money or even to get rid of it. So, for example, spending, because then you would return to this feeling of safety inside, because, again, it matches the familiarity from childhood, which is to not have it. Um, I have many clients who have earned a solid income but spent well into debt, and then they judge themselves as undisciplined and bad, but what's really going on was that they had unhealed trauma from childhood where it's unsafe to have money. So it's important to remember, like, these kinds of patterns are all deeply unconscious. So we're just not aware that we're doing it, and then we come in on top judging and shaming ourselves, which just compounds the problem. Um, Now, with spending, so that's one example of how it might show up. Spending, um, it also brings you pleasure. So not only do you have an adaptive pattern that protects you from pain, you also feel good. So we can easily get addicted to these kinds of behaviors because they help us avoid dealing with the trauma, and then we actually feel pleasure. So we need to be mindful of really what we're doing and how the behaviors are manifesting. Um, Some other examples, so you might be struggling with debt, uh, a low salary. If you're an entrepreneur, you might not charge clients what you know you're worth, or perhaps you discount the importance of money altogether. 
you might not try too hard to become successful because there's an underlying fear that you'll lose everything or something bad will happen to you. Or you might avoid learning about financial education because you know it's not safe to actually make those changes yet. And you likely have difficulty trusting others and receiving. So you might be like a highly independent person and that is often a form of protection against suffering new trauma. Because if I do it myself, I know how it's gonna get done. I can count on myself. Other people are too risky. But since all money comes from others, you need to slowly open to trusting life again so you can receive. And we also might judge money as the problem itself. So for example, we might focus on corruption or greed or criticize wealthy people. But money itself is a neutral energy. So it can be used for good or for bad. And it's up to each one of us to do the work to create the relationship and the meaning of money that's our actual truth. So not necessarily what society says that doesn't feel good to us. And as long as we're blaming outside forces, it's just a reflection that we're not in touch with our true pain and trauma about money and the problems that we believe it's caused us. So it does not mean it has to be our relationship forever. And that's what we can work on healing. Absolutely. We've got to identify the problem and then acknowledge the problem and then work on a solution to heal. That I have all these thoughts going through my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's, that's, it, it explains a whole lot as I'm looking back through the years of working with uh, individuals as well as with couples. This explains a lot. Mm-hmm. that trauma has such uh, a, an outcome in their lives to where they're either overspending because they really don't, you know, they have some trust issues or mm-hmm. they are focused on the corruption side of money. Yeah. And I'm with you. There's a lot of good that can come from money. Uh, For sure. I, 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 that's one of my, I call it one of my pillars uh, when I talk about uh, just managing money is the giving aspect, I mean, mm-hmm. being able to give responsibly, you know, to, to nonprofits, to people, to organizations, to make sure that we you know doing our part to better our society. But when you look at all of the uh, financial crimes, uh, mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of addressed a little bit of this, even in my book, th- there are so many crimes out there that could be related to money yeah. But now I'm beginning to kind of see it a little bit different that mm. they may have had some trauma in their lives, which led yeah. to their behaviors and the things yeah. that they're doing with it. So that, that, that unlocks a whole lot and gives a lot yeah. of explanation as to the why we do this. Right. The why. Yeah, it's really about compassion. When you learn about trauma, it's, I think that the major gift you receive is compassion because it just broadens your understanding of what might be going on in that other person instead of judging their behaviors. Now, not to say about, we accept it, but the point right, is right. that we're not, we're not shaming it and judging it. We're seeking to understand it and we have compassion because if that person is doing something like that, guaranteed they have pain. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 it, and it's going to affect uh, other people around them. You know, I think about if the, if the man, uh, uh, had some uh, trauma that was never that was never been dealt with, 
or the woman mm-hmm. had trauma that never been dealt with. Uh, people around them, the children are going to be affected. Yeah. Uh, you know, extended family members could be affected. Uh, you have coworkers that could possibly be affected. So it doesn't just mm-hmm. affect the individual, but it may no. end up affecting others that are, that are around them. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, man. Okay. Moving on, then. I mean, sparking uh, question after question. <laughs> Uh, it's a deep topic. That, yeah, oh, it is, it is. Yeah. And seeing that, you know, we're talking about financial trauma, I want to talk a little bit about uh, emotions. Now, mm-hmm. I've mentioned this several times when it comes to money. I call it money is like love. It can bring about so many different emotions. It can bring forth excitement, joy. Uh, it can bring forth uh, depression and, and, and uh, anxiety, uh, can you give us some insight as to why money causes so many different emotions, which could lead to a form of financial trauma? And also, how do people manage these emotions? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, money can be associated with life or death. So having a roof over your head, putting food on the table, and providing for your family. And if there isn't enough, then that's obviously going to create some very intense negative feelings. Um, On the other hand, some people are very wealthy, and money can feel wonderful to them. So it's flowing into into their existence, and they're able to experience the life that they desire. Now, for a lot of us, I'd say we're somewhere in the middle. So it's common to have a love hate dynamic with money. But when we feel this way, life can be like a roller coaster with the ups and the downs. And then we make how we feel dependent on how we do financially. I think what's important here is to realize why we want money in the first place. So almost all of us want money so we can feel free. But that can be a real trap. And I'm thinking about, you know, numerous celebrities who have had severe cases of depression or drug abuse because they grew up with a lot of problems and they believe that money and fame would be the answer to their prayers. And then when, when they find out that it's not, and the one thing that they were holding on to has now gone away, that can feel very crushing. So if you already have issues, money will amplify them and it is Mm. not the savior. But when we give money this power, then we give our power away. So then we're riding all the feelings that come with us. So barring true financial struggle, I think it's important not to give so much power to money. Like technically, it's actually made up. So it's made of paper and numbers on a screen, and it has value because we all agree that it does. So instead of looking to money, you can choose to feel happy right now. And that might be really difficult, especially like lately, but it's possible And I feel a good way to begin is by asking, what are you grateful for right now? So I feel like managing your emotions is realizing that you get to choose how you feel. And that requires awareness. Emotions come and go. They're always shifting. So realize that you can control more and more how you feel. You might react to something bad that happens, of course. But with practice awareness, then you can choose. Do I want to continue feeling this way? Is it empowering to feel this? How else could I see the situation? So it's really about us choosing how we interpret events and how we see the world is going to enable us to feel better about money, 
at really everything going on. Wow, that's a, that's a mouthful, Danielle. <laughs> making my notes here again. Wow, I mean, you hit on something there. You know, why why do we feel that we need money? Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the influence that we see on a day-by-day basis uh, regarding money. I mentioned this several times that, you know, there are a lot of people that are fluent, uh, have made a lot of money, they're mm-hmm. quote unquote rich, but they are miserable. Yeah. You know, you know, so so money money can get you some things that can bring you a certain level of happiness. Yeah. But I, I'm never a believer that say money is happiness. That's no, to, to me exactly. I'm, you you you're putting it on a scale where it should not be when we yeah. say that. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. because yeah. it can come and it can go. And if, right. your, if your happiness is built upon that, then I would encourage you to elevate your happiness above money. And, uh, yes. I mean, well yeah. said. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, thank you. You're my teacher tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I got an A for tonight. Yeah. All right. Go, go, go. And we'll make sure, you know what, maybe I need to send you uh, uh, uh a nice uh, burger sandwich then. <laughs> Should we tell the viewers that the burger jokes are like in, an inside joke because we both really like gourmet burgers? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. It, it's an inside joke. You guys have to get to know us. Uh, maybe, <laughs> hey, maybe in a future show we, I'll reveal uh, our love for uh, burgers. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, All right. Now, let's see. What are some, I mean, seeing that we have these, have trauma. Mm-hmm. We looked at where it stemmed from, uh, and we each of us have to look at our own life to see and to look back to say, hey, well, maybe these things did influence uh, me in the way that I behave or the way that I use money. And you've given, us, you've given some insight into our emotions around it. You know, we need to really look in the mirror and say, you know, why do we need it? Is it, that, is it to that level of importance that, it would, that we think that it's going to make us happy if we mm-hmm. get more. Uh, so you really brought out some things for us to look in the mirror at ourselves. So mm-hmm. seeing that we have kind of addressed some of those problem areas, yeah. what are some ways then that we could, uh, what are some ways to overcome or either to manage uh, financial trauma? Well, I would love to give you a quick and easy solution, but that's not how trauma works. And I believe people should understand honestly what is required to actually heal. But then I'll also give a technique that people can use to begin uh, managing um, financial trauma themselves. So really what's needed is, you know, it's that word we touched on earlier, compassion. So we need to provide a compassionate and safe space that allows you to feel the suppressed emotions and energy that's in your body that's still binding you to your patterns of trauma. So the fear, the pain, it's wired into your nervous system. So we actually need to release that energy and then imprint new beliefs or new neural networks in the brain. Um, So this kind of work ideally requires a therapist And it does take time to develop the ability to be with deeper and deeper levels of emotion until you face the root and you no longer need the protection of your pattern. So like how spending was that protection, 
So if you get to the root, eventually you won't need that behavior because you've addressed the cause of it. So it will, it will take time to do that. I think it's also important to remember that, uh, you know, as an adult, you know, your brain is fully developed and it's not when you're a child when you've experienced a lot of this trauma. So you have additional capacity and resources to heal and you're able to tolerate bigger emotions. So when we're children, the, the overwhelming emotion can just shut us down. We feel like we can't handle it. As adults, we learn to widen again and it moves through us. Um, so there's a number of different kinds of therapies that people can look into. Um, so I won't really go into those now. And I also really want to recognize and, uh, that it's not necessarily possible for many people to hire a therapist. There's a cost involved for sure. And I am not a therapist. So um, I, I would like to provide a technique that you can use yourself. So it's really about awareness and presence with yourself. So when you notice that you're looping in anxiety or you're having like the same kind of negative thoughts, that's actually a trauma response. So you have this continual sense of worry or dread or fear. So what you can do is something called reparenting yourself. And really what it means is that these thoughts are occurring and probably you haven't embraced them because they're uncomfortable and maybe you judge yourself that they shouldn't be there. And um, as, as we've touched on now a couple times, that trauma healing requires a compassionate response because that's what was not there when you got traumatized. So you heal it by providing the opposite. And you can break the cycle by giving yourself that compassion. So think of it as the kind of love or response or attention that you wish you would have received when you were younger and you were feeling these difficult thoughts or feelings. So what might this look like? it's helpful to think of yourself as having an inner child. So that child might be scared or worried or feeling shame or guilt. So can you be with that child as the most loving, kind, compassionate parent? It's sort of like you're playing both roles at once. You're the child and you're the parent. So you feel the feelings as the child and then you talk to yourself and give yourself that love or reassurance that you wish you would have received. So maybe, you know, you're, you're feeling certain feelings. So the adult in you, the parent might say something like, I know you're scared of money and you're feeling afraid that something bad happens. And I'm sorry that no one was there for you. I'm here for you now. You're safe with me. I'm not going anywhere. And when you talk to yourself genuinely and sincerely like that, and it might take time for your nervous system to respond but what it does is it starts to calm your nervous system. So trauma is all around having this called a dysregulated nervous system. There's either too much energy with anxiety or too little with depression. And how you come out of the trauma response is slowly you actually calm the nervous system. So the idea is not to shame any of your feelings because you are feeling them for valid reasons. I mean, if, if a bad experience happened, wouldn't you feel scared? or shameful or, or something. I mean, that's natural. Yeah. So by being with yourself and accepting and embracing your feelings, you're not alone anymore because when you're traumatized, you feel alone and you don't stay stuck in that loop that you had going. So another word for this is self-love. So we learn how to reparent ourselves the way we needed when we were younger, that for whatever reason we did not receive. So anybody can cultivate this practice but it does take some awareness to recognize that you're in a trauma response and to catch yourself because these, these patterns have been going on so long 
that we're often not even aware we're doing it because they become habits. And also to just go slowly, like never force yourself to feel anything. If we're not used to being with our feelings, then that can, it could be very intense. And just trust that your subconscious mind will only bring up what you're ready to feel. And ideally, I recommend working with somebody who could safely hold you to really be with yourself. So it could be a coach, it could be a therapist, possibly even, you know, if you have a friend who's done a lot of healing work on themselves, that would be a really good, safe person to reach out to. So that's really about healing the emotions. Um, if a person's not ready for that, there's some other things they can do. So they could just, you know, try and become aware of your money stories. So what are your limiting beliefs about money? And you'll know a limiting belief because it won't feel good when you think it. What are your recurring thoughts and patterns with money? So you could journal about this. Um, you can even move some of that energy through dance or exercise or just give vocal expression to it. Um, another good strategy is you can listen to or read about people who overcame financial struggle and hear about their different perspectives. So you start to challenge your belief that, that this is the truth about money and what I can have. Because you start to see like, no, maybe there's another alternative. So there's a lot of different ways that you could look at healing trauma. Oh, perfect. I, I, I love what you said there, there this summarizing the compassion and the self-love. Yeah. And uh, I, I, and and actually changing that mindset. I, I agree. If you can't, if you're not in a position, listeners, to get with a therapist, this is a great start uh, of what Danielle mentioned tonight. Uh, I want to add too, if if this is uh, in that line uh, as a way to kind of manage or overcome, uh, looking for the positive things. Uh, mm -hmm. re re reading books of people who have overcome. So educating yourself to help change that mindset and your behavior with money. Uh, to me, uh, I'm, I'm very big when it comes to education. I believe that a lot, uh, just even with, within my own self, when I came out of college, you've heard the story, listeners, I, I was rather irresponsible a bit with money. And thank God I went into banking, but I began to apply certain principles that allowed me to pay off my credit cards. I started budgeting. I saw the significance, uh, the, the, the positive side of managing my money, and it changed my whole life. So I changed my perspective. I changed my thought, my mindset, my attitude, all of that. And I continue to do that to this day, reading different things from other people, learning different ways. Even having you here on the show tonight, Danielle, is a help even to me. And I've been in it over 20 years, but I'm never above learning. And mm -hmm. there's always better th uh, things that I can do better. And there are just different things that we all go through from time to time. So it's good to have this type of information uh, available, readily available. So thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, my pleasure. I think your story, you know, is really important. And there's many examples of people who had, you know, a rocky start in their financial lives and then you learn lessons that way and then you know you you're open to learning new information and you can make changes so i mean you're a perfect example of that yeah, yeah. you can do it yes you can yeah. everything's opportunity <laughs> <laughs> okay as we're coming down uh, the hour here i have one other question uh well about two more and then we're kind of close out but uh seeing that we're in the days of COVID 19 
And as I have all of my guests here on the show, I love to have them to, if if you can kind of give us uh, a recommendation, some things that people can do to help maintain, uh, I call it financial balance. If you can kind of give us one, two, three, how many of the points you would like to give, but kind of give us some things that that you would recommend that we do during these days of COVID-19 to help maintain financial balance. Oh, sure. It's a really important topic. I think really like uncertainty is challenging because we like to know what is happening. So certainty makes us feel safe. So right now we're coming up directly with that not knowing. So that said, I do think there's things we can do both emotionally and practically to help us feel more balanced. And I think this ties into what we just talked about because it's completely normal for people to be feeling fear or anxiety or even despair or depression right now. So I think the first thing to do is to acknowledge and to accept what you're truly feeling. So instead of denying it or avoiding it or shaming yourself, and when you admit the truth to yourself, it's going to let go of some of that pressure in your body and you're going to feel some relief because you're being honest. And then I would remind myself that emotions are temporary and I can learn how to choose my response to what's happening. I make the meaning in my life. Um, I also think it's important to keep coming back to the present moment. So if we look at anxiety, for example, anxiety specifically is a fear of what might happen in the future, but the future isn't here yet. So it's a practice to keep coming back to the present and remind us that fear has not happened here right now where I am. Um, I also recommend things like deep breathing. So deep breathing has been proven to relax your nervous system. Um, and people, I know we're getting into fall in the Northern Hemisphere, but if, if you have the opportunity to get outside and breathe fresh air, get some sunshine, spend time in nature, that's also proven to relax the nervous system. Uh, I would look at meditation to quiet the mind. So there's tons of free videos on YouTube for that. Um, are you eating good nutrition? Are you drinking good water? Exercise is going to release healthy endorphins. You're really going to feel much better if you, if you are healthy in this way. Um, so in terms of practical things, if you haven't already, I think now is the time clearly to cut spending to just the necessities. And if you are the kind of person who's been saving or even making contributions to investments, um, you could consider lowering that or even halting that if necessary and give yourself permission. If you are into personal finance, I think now it's a, it's a good time to remind yourself that our economy is often in a state of flux. And a sound long-term approach is what gives the stability. So it's not the day-to-day. And so if you have a financial plan, even a basic one or just some activity set up, that you can take comfort in that because financial education is based on recommendations that take into account all phases of the economy. And even if you don't follow personal finance and you don't understand the economy, just know that what's happening now will not last forever, that We have been through several recessions before, and we always recover. So the economy has cycles, and this is normal. Personally, I would suggest people could brainstorm what they could do financially to help alleviate some of their financial pressure. So, for example, if your income has been impacted by the pandemic, um, do you qualify for government support? Have you taken advantage of that? In cases, uh, some cases, and it varies country to country, but it's being extended or New programs or loans are becoming available or mortgage deferrals are available. So look into all the options available and even to just receive that emotionally as 
as evidence of support, like, hey, I'm not alone here, you know, that I'm, I'm, I'm in a community or a nation where people are doing things and governments are doing things to take care of us. So, so take some refuge in that. If you're looking at co co uh, cutting costs, could you move to a less expensive home or a neighborhood, for example? So I feel like crisis is also a time of invention. So if you have been wanting to maybe start a side business or maybe you've been thinking about switching into a different career, is now the time to really look at that. And then lastly, I would say that continuing to give to others is going to help you feel good and maintain connection with them so you don't feel alone. And you can give in ways that don't cost money. So your time, your energy, your love. Um, and so it's, it's key to find a balance of positive emotions and maintain some routine that you're used to that gives you comfort and makes you feel good. And so how can you find ways to feel grateful, you know, even in these challenging times? Again, to that question, what are you grateful for today? Perfect list. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Wait, wow, what a great uh, list uh, of things that we can do uh, right now. I, I love that. I love that what you said. Uh, thank I took you. notes. Yeah. And, yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So let's before we get you off here, or before we close out the show, how can people reach you? If you can please give us your contact information, website. If you have any books or anything, uh, please let us know right now. Yeah, so the best place to find me is my website, uh, which is daniellealexandria.com. Um, I do have a free ebook. It's called From Overwhelmed to Confidence, How to Feel Good About Money. So that's available as a free download. Um, encourage people to, uh, to receive that. Um, if you want to send me an email, my email address is hello at daniellealexandria.com. Um, if you're into social media, I'm on Facebook at Danielle Alexandria Coach. That's my business page. And my Instagram is financial.empowerment.coach. Okay, perfect, perfect. Well, Danielle, it, it, well, we have already talked offline. But <laughs> tonight was absolutely, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, experience, uh, providing such great nuggets of information on this topic of financial trauma and managing our emotions around it. Thank you so much for being here tonight. My pleasure. I really enjoyed talking with you. And um, I also agree this is really important information. So um, thank you for helping me share it. Absolutely. Well, you know me. Uh, I, I just let everybody know. I've already asked Danielle or mentioned to her about coming back on a future show. <laughs> so, so let me make it official to everybody. Danielle, uh, would you like to come back for a future show? I would love that. <laughs> All right, good, perfect, perfect, perfect. Okay, good, because this is this is a topic that uh, I can see that needs we need to continue this discussion along these yeah. lines uh, because we're still here. Things are getting better in some instances, but uh, people's lives are still being affected, and we need to make sure that we are addressing it as often as we can. So absolutely. But, but, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, Danielle, thank you again so much for being here. Um, and we will be in touch. Okay. Take care. Good night, everybody. Okay. okay. Good night. All right. Well, everybody, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for being uh, tuning in to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. 
You can catch my show every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you haven't touched base with me on social media, I would encourage you to do so. You can catch me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. But you can also catch me on my website at shipmanconsulting.com. Again, that's shipmanconsulting.com. Now, I want you to remember these words regarding your money and your life. Give cheerfully, spend carefully, and invest wisely. We will talk with you again, but before we go off, you know I always have to play a little bit of jazz music. Check out this tune by the artist Huge Groove. I love this song. Take care, everyone. Talk to you soon. Thank you.